set. Places, everybody. And action. Hi, guys. You're listening to Black Girl Film Club, a podcast of two Black women discuss movies. I'm Brittany. And I'm Ashley. And on this week's episode, we're discussing The Bodyguard from 1992, directed by Mitt Jackson. So we're back with our Pop Idols episode. Um, This week, we're back at it with um, an episode where we're discussing The Bodyguard, um, starring Whitney, Elizabeth Houston. The voice of every generation. Yeah, I'm sorry. If you were out here saying who's the Whitney Houston of our generation and you're like born in 1999 or whatever, I'm sorry. Like that moment has passed. I'm sorry you didn't get to experience the joy, the wonder, the magic of hearing that voice on the radio. Because <laughs> my goodness, girl, it was a dream. They don't do it like this anymore. Nope. I don't know where y'all be training up. I'm, who's who's close enough? Maybe like a... Not, no, I don't want to do that because... <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to give anybody like the lashings or whatever. We got like uh Victoria Monet. No. She 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 could do a little something. She's she a great a song It's not writer. quite like this. You got Jasmine Sullivan. I was gonna say Jasmine Sullivan is the only one I feel like that has like a powerful voice. Like Victoria Monet is a great songwriter, but Jasmine Sullivan has a great voice. Like you you tell somebody, you know stood her up behind the pew and said, sang baby, you know, that kind mm-hmm. of voice. <laughs> but yeah, no, it was a, it was a wonder. I was thinking about that when I was watching this, that we were so blessed and so lucky to have gotten to experience the, the voice um, because it's dry out here. It's real dry. <laughs> yeah. Real, real, real dry. Um, but we, I guess we're, you know, in our pop star era again. This is our third Winnie Houston movie. I think I said yes. Yep. We've covered The Preacher's Wife <laughs> for one of our holiday episodes. We you always start laughing when we talk about The Preacher's Wife. Please. I, I mean, for our listeners, if you are posed with the dilemma of Choosing between your husband and an angel that looks like this at Washington, what you gonna do? I don't know. What are you gonna do? Courtney B. Vance is a very supportive husband. Did you see him at the Oscars taking pictures of Angela? <laughs> he was taking so many pictures of Angela. Yeah, but at the same time, you got an angel. It's a literal angel that looks like Dudley Denzel Washington. And everybody <laughs> comments on like, damn, that man fine. Like, your mama is like, damn, Dudley fine as fuck. And <laughs> you know like, what? Everybody, everybody's comment. <laughs> I love how you finally came around on Denzel, by the way. I know. It's, you know, I had to mature. I had to grow up. I, had, I just had to grow up. <laughs> She's now a mature young woman. <laughs> I am a mature woman. All the Southern black ladies, black church ladies like to say. <laughs> yeah. Well, unfortunately, Giselle's not in this movie, but Kevin Costner uh, is. <laughs> that that sounds great. <laughs> but- <laughs> I mean, I I was trying to look at Kevin Costner's filmography, I guess, and mm-hmm. 
I don't really recognize a whole lot of stuff, even though he's been in some like really popular or well-known movies, but the movies I have seen have not been um like to that level of besides this movie, I you know. <laughs> I haven't really gotten to see a whole bunch of these. I mean, I've never seen Field of Dreams. I know it's really important in popularity. It was like, a, 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 you know, a pretty big movie back then. And obviously, excuse me, obviously he directed and starred in Dances with Wolves, which I think won like yeah. Best Picture. That long ass movie. <laughs> and JFK and Waterworld, which is a memeable movie, but mm-hmm. probably memeable before memes even <laughs> really were coined. And some other things that he's in that uh what's that now? Oh, Yellowstone, which has the Yes, has the world by the choke like by the throat. <laughs> like mm-hmm. everybody really loves Yellowstone. My mom always talks about it. Um oh, and Hidden Figures. That was the other one. That's the one I've seen. I've actually seen uh Man of Steel, because he plays the stoic dutiful father jonathan kent which like okay and then hidden figures where he plays white savior al harrison (laughs) i don't i'm sure he existed actually don't even know if his character was real it was not real it was just some guy (laughs) i don't think um from what i've gathered i don't think that character existed that person existed in real life i think they created that particular character for the movie well um gotta have a white guy yeah, just to sell the story. Yeah, but NASA wasn't full of <laughs> the worst people imaginable, <laughs> including but not limited to actual Nazis. So yeah, woo, child. Um, I think it's like a composite of like a couple different people, but I don't think that particular person was real. And I'm sure that uh, that definitely that the uh, no colors in the bathroom scene <laughs> definitely. Uh, that never happened. I know that for a fact. That should never happen. But it's interesting. This whole uh, this whole movie. Um, obviously, this was Whitney's first role, which she was very nervous about. And I actually looked up a lot about them too. Um, it's pretty interesting. I didn't know he spoke at her funeral. Hmm. Like I think he gave the the eulogy at her funeral. Oh, so they remained friends for a really long time. Um, I just was when I was watching this, I was like, him? <laughs> it's was the romantic lead. I don't it, know. It's a he okay, like him as a romantic lead is interesting. I've seen uh, quite a few of his movies, of course. I've seen like Field of Dreams. Y'all, I don't know if y'all know this. I love baseball. You mentioned so it any, before. Any baseball movie, the likelihood that I've seen it, uh, yeah, is high. Um, I've also recently watched a really random movie on YouTube called American Flyers. It's about people who are like cyclists um, where he is like the lead um, and his like romantic interest is Radon Chong. um, And he plays a character who is like an older brother to another character and he's like keeping a big secret away and they're kind of like doing a cycling thing and Robert Townsend make a, a rise appearance and I wasn't expecting that. Oh my gosh. Um, it's like from the mid 80s. I think it's from 1985. It's free on YouTube if you want to watch it. Um, and it's very 80s. And I think Yafik Koto is in it or who is in it? Who else? John Amos is in it as well. And Jennifer Grey. 
Um, random assortment of people. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, it was the weirdest movies I've seen in a while because it's like a drama, a comedy, and but it's not a dramedy. It's like, a, it's just a weird, weird movie about cycling in the cycling world. So him as like a romantic lead, it, it was kind of building from the 80s. Okay. And then I've also seen like Tin Cup for some reason. Um, what <laughs> Sounds like a TNT original, child. Because I love Renee Russo. <laughs> I mean, hey, you gonna like anybody. Renee Russo seems like a safe bet. I mean, I don't know that much about her, but she sounds like an all right person to like, I guess. I guess so. Like, if it was a movie with Renee Russo in it, I was like, okay, let's watch this. Coming up on I mean, HBO next. Oh, my God. He's been in a lot of things, like, continually. I don't know. I just sometimes I'm like, oh, shit, Kevin Costner. Because <laughs> I feel like he was at the Oscars last He was at the Oscars last year, and he came up there. He's like, nah, nah, y'all. Let's stop fighting. <laughs> <laughs> like, we can't have all this nonsense yeah because i think i remember being like is he all right and then i was like because he was talking for so long and i was like is he talking about is he doing his speech and then, no he was just off the cuff like <laughs> i just seemed like we all need to get along up here at this oscar stage and i was like okay cool why not that's fine yeah. thank you so much <laughs> yeah well i have a lot of facts a lot of facts and figures i guess we should talk about the actual plot of the movie i mean the actual like summary of it which is basically uh there's a pop singer who is being stalked by what we think is a crazy person um very threatening very violent letters a bomb has been placed in her dressing room that goes off um and so her team hires frank farmer farmer yes thank you (laughs) As two people with alliterative names, got you know what? We, yeah, we're trash for that one. Frank Farmer, uh, as the bodyguard to help kind of protect her in this moment because she's supposed to be performing at the Oscars, um, or at least you know she's on an Oscars press tour at the time. So, you know, there's a lot of heightened attention on her. So they hire him to protect her um, and also try to figure out like who this guy is that's basically the plot of the movie mm-hmm. um this was supposed to be a vehicle for white steve mcqueen the actor <laughs> and diana ross who we just talked about um but then i guess something happened they didn't do it and then this is supposed to be like the mid-70s they didn't do it and then it's supposed to go ahead with ryan o'neill and diana ross yes um, but apparently Diana pulled out because she, uh, <laughs> I guess they had a fight. I guess they were together at the time. And um, yeah, she was like, I can't deal with him. So I'm not doing this. Oh, apparently it says that when they were supposed to originally make this movie in the mid seventies with Diana Ross, Steve McQueen, it was rejected as being too controversial. I'm assuming because it was a white male and a black woman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which they kept that. Which apparently Kevin Costner, who produced the movie or helped produce the movie, was like, people were telling me not to cast Whitney Houston, not only because she had never acted before, but also because she was black. And I was like, 
<laughs> he was like, she's a great fucking singer. We need somebody who can actually sing. And she, I feel like she's the best person for the role. Yeah. And honestly, given the time period, unfortunately, that would make sense for someone to say. Because Girl. even though it was early, probably the time that they were making this film, it's the Late early 90s. 90s things weren't as progressive as we thought they were um, oh honestly, yeah no aren't as progressive as we thought they were in the obama administration no, so no things are still really trash um i will say that this is not too far removed from the jeffersons when george used to call jenny across the uh across the hall a zebra because her mama was black and her daddy was white so you know this is the this is the um the climate that this movie was made in not too far removed from that being like a hilarious joke but there wasn't really many interracial relationships at least not here i feel like it happens more in like the uk or something i still feel like that now i remember i was watching skins i was like oh there's really there's really gonna be a relationship between these two okay not skins skins and um misfits oh i was like oh. damn y'all really just be having okay i was like we do not be doing <laughs> we do not do that over here <laughs> i was like shit we still in the the gym crow era for real <laughs> like damn um so uh yeah it was very controversial at the time i think still um and people didn't think that she could act i don't think whitney thought she could act either yeah watching this i was like oh she's doing great yeah you have of course you've seen um um singers or rappers or other entertainers who try to slip into an acting role and just can't perform in this particular like perform on the demands that acting calls upon but I think she did an excellent job at this role and even though it's not too far from what she would have to do on her day-to-day she could she did a great job in this role she's very charismatic yes and we see it well we saw it in her reality show that she had Please do not mention that reality show. She was going through it. <laughs> we do not want to bring up the reality show. Uh, that's not a, a bright spot in her career. But she was like, we saw more of her personality and how she was like a fun person. Yeah. I, I mean, I've never seen the reality show. I've only seen clips or whatever, but I guess it was like a different side of her because, you know, she was usually like the pristine, glamorous woman. Um, very poised and and that kind of thing. And then I think later on, people were kind of surprised that she could be a little more brash than we thought. <laughs> and even when I was watching this, I was like, damn, Whitney Cousin? Which obviously, I mean, mm. duh. <laughs> but I was like, oh, she out here cussing up a storm, bitch. <laughs> she is cussing this man out. Um, what other facts do I have? So this movie was written by uh, Lawrence Kasdan, who was an advertising copywriter uh, who wanted to get into filmmaking. So he wrote a bunch of scripts, including The Bodyguard. Uh, and this movie was inspired by, I'm going to mess this up because this is Japanese and I did not practice, uh, Yojimbo, uh, which is a samurai movie that actually starred Steve McQueen. <laughs> so I guess that's why he was like, let's get Steve McQueen in here. And um, he said he was inspired by uh, the kind of guy that would do that kind of work to 
laid down his life for a salary, someone who might care or someone who, for someone he may not care about or even have negative feelings about. Um, and he said that was the first good script that he wrote. <laughs> uh, huh. so, so yeah, so this movie, of course, was supposed to go ahead, didn't go ahead, then it was in development hell. I don't know what brought it out of development hell, unfortunately. Um, but Kevin Costner seemed really enthusiastic and definitely fought for Whitney Houston because he, also I have a quote from him. He said, uh, the first thing I thought when I saw her was like, as a red-blooded man, I thought she was very pretty. <laughs> <laughs> when she is, she's beautiful in this movie. Whoever did, whoever did her makeup in this movie, like y'all, y'all took care of her. Cause you know, sometimes I look at old pictures from the nineties and we looked crazy. <laughs> uh, the black girl, is best. everybody looked crazy. But the black girls, especially, you know, the foundation, the makeup wasn't there. The girls were not being taken care of the way that they are now. <laughs> everybody flashback had everybody <sighs> wrong. It's so fun to look back at those pictures, but then I'm like, damn, we could have really like if we had the technology that we do now, as far as makeup goes, my goodness. But she looked beautiful. Um, in every single scene and he told her that um, he was going to make sure that he took care of her and that he would that she would end up being very proud of her performance in the movie which I thought was very sweet like he was just like no we doing this fuck everybody else <laughs> and they became really good friends and of course I said that he spoke at her funeral so they were pretty close I guess at least until up until the time that she died um and I feel like they, I mean, I don't know, sometimes, like, he's not really my cup of tea, but I feel like they they work well together on screen. Like, it wasn't like, <laughs> it wasn't like Diana and Anthony Perkins, where I was just like, please stop talking to this man. <laughs> <laughs> I felt like they, they were all right. I feel like if his character had been allowed to have a little bit more fun. Yeah, I, yeah. If he could, like, loosen up that necktie a little bit. Yeah. A little bit more than he did, if he could... Like Just, shake a little bit in them Levi's. Yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah. Take the weight off your shoulders, remove the earpiece and just have a good time. Um, you know, I would have felt it a little bit more because she's so charismatic and he's just like, uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay. All right. You know, we gotta go. secure, we gotta secure the perimeter. <laughs> gotta gotta have one other team. Yeah, it's got to come back up. Got to secure that perimeter. I was like, oh, oh, bro, are you not? She's throwing it at you, girl. (laughs) She's throwing it at you and you over there with your earpiece. And I'm like, shit. (laughs) Please go have fun with this lady. She is having so much fun on screen right now. Come on. And also, I would like to say that I did not realize, and I told Brittany right before we started recording that one of the characters in this movie is played by uh, the lead guitarist and songwriter of a Spando Ballet. Had no idea. Mm-hmm. A new romantic classic, true. <laughs> uh, I had no idea because I kept looking up <laughs> this actor. I guess he's been in a few things, um, but I just like I have never seen any of this stuff because <laughs> I kept going down. And then I saw like true, the true story of Spando Ballet, and I was like, oh shit, wait, <laughs> okay, I see now, I see now. I don't really know what his casting is like. Uh, Gary Kemp's casting was, um, but I thought that was kind of cool that they had like another very famous musician playing alongside. So they would both know, you know, they would both have this kind of, they both been on that side of the camera. I, I don't know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> they had, they had the experience 
Yeah, they had real life, real world experience in the pop star life. Yes, yes, exactly. Yes. So, do you have any facts? Do you have any figures? Do you have anything? Um, Should we talk about the soundtrack? Bit, well, before we dive into the soundtrack, I just okay. wanted to mention, like, just a little fun fact I know about the writer. Okay. Oh, it's Lawrence Caston. Like, he wrote The Big Chill. Okay. Um, Which... Came out, I believe, in like 1985. And Kevin Costner is technically in the Big Chill. Okay. Um, he is the friend that has passed away prior to all the friends coming together. So when you see clips of them, like at the funeral, like them prepping the body, that is That's Kevin Costner. Okay. He was supposed to have like a more prominent role, but the scenes in that were cut. So they have like worked together in the past prior to the bodyguard. Um, okay. And the director also directed, um, sorry, the writer also directed, wrote other projects like The Empire Strikes Back and The Return of the Jedi. What? So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't do enough of a deep dive, I guess. <laughs> and those films and his sons also are writers and directors as well. Um, Jake he co-wrote Raiders of the Lost Ark. Mm-hmm. You aren't. Let's hang your name up in the rafters, sir. You are an MVP. I'm just over here like it's some dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like his he has like created film history. His sons are writers um as well, like Jacob Caston has written like Walk Hard, the legend of, or story of Dewey Cox. Please. And um Sex Tape, which I think stars Jason Siegel and um, Cameron Diaz. And then he wrote like the Jumanji movies, which are fun. This is Jonathan? Uh, Jake Caston. Jake, okay. So like- The original Jumanji? Uh, Jumanji, and not the original. Like, oh, the, the new one. one. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, And then the other a son, Jonathan, he works on Willow, the new series for Disney+. Plus. So okay. they're they're writing. They be writing. He also wrote for <laughs> Freaks and Geeks and Dawson's Creek. Solo, a Star Wars story. <laughs> um oh, I guess they all because I think Kevin Costner was in White Earp, which I had never seen, but I guess Jonathan was an actor in White Earp, and I think Lawrence wrote um mm-hmm. on White Earp. So there's just a mm-hmm. lot of intermingling as they as things tend to happen in hollywood land um i had no idea he wrote (laughs) my goodness i love that movie what are you talking about (laughs) yeah because i like i recently watched the big chill and i was like oh it's way too much stuff happening in big chill and i had to like turn it off because i was like ah like all the plots i was like expecting one plot and then it was like a vibe chill and then it was like, okay, yeah, I'm not leaving this wake without a baby. I was like, what the fuck? And I had to, like, <laughs> There's a lot of shifts in this movie too. So maybe that's like his thing. Yes. So I was like, okay. So I just had to see what else he worked on. I was like, okay. Girl. So, yeah. Girl. My God. <laughs> oh, well, that was a, a, a lovely discovery on the Sunday afternoon. I can't believe that yeah. I did not think to click on his name a little harder. I was just like, oh, yeah, this is some guy. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> he's a he's a important part of Star Wars, 
in sci-fi history. Jesus. I mean, my goodness. <laughs> my God. Um, so we have to talk about the soundtrack. Yes. I think it is. I think as IMDb says, as of 2015, it is still the highest selling soundtrack ever. Of any yes. soundtrack, and I believe it because of the strength of "I Will Always Love You Alone," girl. <laughs> My goodness, like talk about the '90s zeitgeist, a song you did not get anywhere else. Like you, everybody has heard that song. <laughs> there are very few times that I feel like I've I've ever I don't think I've ever met anybody who's not heard that song before. Um, that's like. I forget. Was it Dolly who said? Is Dolly? Um, once Whitney Houston sing your song, it becomes her song. I mean, hell, <laughs> <laughs> she wouldn't be wrong. Like that was her shit. After that, I had no idea what the Dolly Parton song until like <laughs> me neither. <laughs> like my twenties, I had no idea, and I was like, "That's a cover." <laughs> yeah, That's I had cover. no idea. No idea it was a cover until like my early 20s I was like yeah oh this is like the first time I like heard the original I was like oh, mm-hmm. okay yeah yeah the original was Dolly I think writing like a goodbye song to her manager because she wanted to part ways I think it was her manager and um she wrote this song that you know I always love you but I gotta go <laughs> and I forget the story of like how they decided on this song in particular because when you hear the song it doesn't have the same it's like a light kind of love like breakup song I guess lovey breakup song it's not like Whitney I mean Whitney took it and she just like (laughs) took the notes to outer space girl (laughs) Uh, you would not have ever known that that kind of song really existed in the original but Dolly was happy. She was like, Whitney, good. I, I see it. <laughs> and of course, she makes so much fucking money off of that. Like, <laughs> Dolly is probably raking it in from that soundtrack. Yeah. Like, it, <laughs> I feel like this, that, like, I Will Always Love You is probably one of the few songs that has ever made me cry in my entire life. She was singing her ass off, girl. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's, it's such a good song. This is such a good soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Um, especially like with Queen of the Night. Queen of um, the Night. <laughs> it, it feels very in vogue. It does. It feels, um, what's that song by in vogue? I just I fucking lost my <laughs> train of thought. Um, free Your Mind. It feels very Free Your Mind. Yes, but, it yeah. does. Yeah. And it also has another cover with I'm Every Woman, which yes. did cause some uh, discord. Um, what does Shaka say? <laughs> Shaka did have a little problem with the Whitney covering this song. Did she uh, not like Whitney or she didn't like the song? I, 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 that was hard to decipher. <laughs> I mean, she just came up to the news not too long ago. And someone was like, who cares? Honestly, the children, she was right. Whatever. I didn't, Whatever. I didn't watch the video because I was just like, what? I mean, this is another old black lady throwing shade. Of course, like. This is not new to me, <laughs> of course. But um, yeah, the kids weren't happy about it, of course, but they don't recognize. <laughs> it's, it's fucking Shaka, Shaka Khan. Khan. It's fucking like, Shaka Khan. Like, let her say whatever she wants. <laughs> yes, yeah, she could literally say 
anything and it's yeah. it's fine it's Shaka Khan it's yeah so it doesn't matter yes my mom or my grandma cannot stand her because of a, a misunderstanding on a cruise ship <laughs> in which Shaka Khan was present <laughs> and I found out the day of Aretha Franklin's funeral that she did not fuck with Shaka Khan like that at mm. all <laughs> and she does not fuck with her nope She's not with it. She's not with the shits. But yeah, I I mean, I love her cover of I'm Every Woman. Um, there's also I Have Nothing. Um, girl, Jesus Loved Me. <laughs> Which, when they sang this song in the movie, I was just like, not Whitney coming and burying this woman's voice. <laughs> I was like, no, not in this moment, especially with what happened the previous night. Don't do this right now. No, yeah, she came over there. All, <laughs> her sister Nikki was singing her little tune trying to beg for forgiveness and here come Whitney and just like harmonizing but like also like can you imagine singing Whitney Houston <laughs> and your no. voice is so <laughs> her voice was one ply and, and Whitney's is like the finest of silk <laughs> just, just better in every single way god bless that poor lady <laughs> um yeah it's I mean very popular. I think my mom has the soundtrack. I know my aunt had the soundtrack. Oh, I had the soundtrack when yeah. my mom had it. I think we had it on CD and cassette. Yeah, my mom had it on CD. So you could take it on the go? Take it on the road with you. Because <laughs> having a CD player in your car was a luxury. <laughs> it really fucking was. Um, and I feel like they wanted to put a different song out. And I can't remember which song it was. I I just saw, I literally just read it. Like Kevin Costner just said they wanted to do a different song. But I think they kind of had the good sense to put I Will Always Love You, which the song went to like number one. And I don't know how long it was number one for, but it is like her signature song. So Mm -hmm. yeah, it's a, it's, it's a, (laughs) you just can't, you just can't. Okay. I have it. 14 weeks at the top of the Billboard Hot 100, which at the time was a record. Mm. And she actually surpassed her previous record of three weeks with The Greatest Love of All. And it was also the longest number one singing, sorry, longest running number one single from a soundtrack album. And it also won uh, 94 Grammy Record of the Year and Best Female Pop Vocal Performance. Mm-hmm. So it is well-deserved. It is one of the best songs of all time. <laughs> Two of the songs were nominated for Oscars um, for best original song. Um, it was Run To You and I Will Always... No, it wasn't Always Love. No. Me, sorry. I have nothing in Run To You. Sorry. Yes. Yes. They both lost, unfortunately, to a song from Aladdin. Oh, yeah, because Aladdin was... This was like the... I think this was like the, either the highest grossing movie of the year and then Aladdin was like right after. Mm-hmm. Um, which, I mean, hey. <laughs> I love Aladdin so much. <laughs> so, yeah, it was like, oh, a whole new world. Girl, yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I looked it up because I was like, what songs won this year? And I was like, oh, they bet this song had better one. And then I looked and I was like, and All right. Between this makes sense. Okay. That and a friend like me and beautiful Maria of my soul from the Mambo Kings. <laughs> I was like, okay, that you can, I guess that makes sense. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that was the only thing that got recognized at Academy. I actually had like some really, like I had like, uh, what is it, that thing? The raspberries, golden raspberries, which is like yeah. worst acting picture movie. I think they got like 13 of them or something. I mean, hey, y'all are haters. <laughs> oh, seven nominations at the 13th Golden Raspberry Awards, including worst picture, worst actor, and worst actress. Which is bullshit. Did they even do the Raspberry Awards? Yes, they still do them. Because they've the, had to this, apologize. Yeah, this previous year they nominated a baby. Like a, a little kid. And everybody's like, the fuck? It's a baby. I thought you were going to say the baby, the fetus from. <laughs> no, they from didn't nominate the CGRP. They nominated like a 13, like a 12 or 13 year old, the star of Firestarter, the remake. <laughs> And everybody's like, it's a little fucking kid. Why would you do this? Because I ain't got nothing else. Cool. And then they were like, oh, we're sorry for nominating a child for the worst actress award. So we we take that back. Anyway, let's get into the actual story. Let's get into the meat and potatoes of this, uh, which we start the movie learning about uh, Frank Farmer, God at this time, uh, who is a former Secret Service agent working as a bodyguard. So he saved some dude's life. Um, I guess the dude is like, I don't know, some client of his saves his life, tells him how he knew where the bad guy was, and then he leaves. And so that's his whole thing. He'll help them until the danger's over. And then he'll say, all right, peace, I gotta go, hitting the road. And he goes back to his house in, I don't know, LA or whatever. I don't know. (laughs) And uh, one Bill Cobbs (laughs) comes to him and says, we will give you $2,000 a week if you will protect our... um, this pop star, Rachel Marin, because she's getting some weird shit <laughs> in the mail. She's getting bomb threats. She's actually not threats. She's getting actual bombs sent to her dressing room. Um, we find out la- later that someone had broken into her house, masturbated on one of her oh, beds, her and then left a letter, another letter. And unfortunately, Rachel does not know anything about this because her team is trash. <laughs> yeah, they're not keeping her in the loop on. The threats to her health and safety. And, and her child. Of her son, who's eight. Which I thought was interesting. I meant to mention this at the beginning. I don't know, like, whose idea it was to include the baby. I mean, he's eight-year-old, so he's not an actual baby. But it's kind of interesting because at this time, most pop stars were not mothers. Mothers, uh, mothers to eight-year-olds. No. Single. Like, single. she's a single mom. Yeah. She's a young single mom. So yep. that's weird for the pop star yeah like, and it's no mention of like she's divorced she doesn't have an ex-husband she doesn't have a like an ex-boyfriend who's in nope. the picture Mm-mm. she's just a single mother yep full custody mm-hmm. yeah so i mean i guess if she was divorced it'd be full custody i don't really we never hear about the dead so um yeah. i thought it was interesting because i don't really think like having kids was a young pop stars game <laughs> yeah like, like it's much more common now yeah you that would be media trained out that's your nephew <laughs> oh what do you God. mean <laughs> not the nephew child <laughs> who are they you doing would go, to with that 
you you would go Brandy. I'm sorry to mention that when Brandy was pregnant and then they said that she was married, but years yeah. later we found out that she wasn't pregnant. Like she was not that she wasn't pregnant, but that she wasn't married. Yeah. She just had to tell her friend, not her friends, her fans that yeah. she was pregnant because she was a teen pop idol. And it was a was bad she a yeah, she was a teen pop idol. No, I mean, she and wasn't it, a teenager when she had her, though. She was like her no, early No, she was 20s. like in her 20s. Yeah, it just looked bad for all the people who looked up to her. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Whose idea was that? Was that Mother Norwood's idea? <laughs> her manager. Oh, so God. Bad. Yeah. I mean, I get, I get it. I get it. I get it. Because, like, she was a very big very big star back then mm-hmm. so i understand you know you don't want anybody to i mean that's not i don't want to say it like that you don't want anybody to come crash and burn your career because that's your baby <laughs> but i just thought that was interesting that fletcher is a significant part of this movie as well but yeah her team just be letting her i don't they say they don't want to worry her but i'm i'm sorry if somebody somebody's in my house you, like pew, pew. Like, my house. I would want to know if somebody was jerking off in my bed while I'm not home, like a pervert creep who is trying to kill me, I would want to know about that. If somebody mm-hmm. could jump off the couches, like closet, like, ah, I would want to know about that. Yeah, she's like unaware. and But because she's unaware, uh, Farmer is like, she's spoiled. He also said he don't do celebrities. Like if he takes this job, he's gonna have to be three grand a week, which in nineteen ninety whatever <laughs> is an astounding amount of money. If you said Ashley, I'll pay you three grand a week. Now I'd be like, please, <laughs> I will take a bullet immediately. <laughs> it's hard out I here, girl. Do, I have a little um, earphones in. Like yeah, okay, I can we put my hand up. <laughs> Can you go and bum rush somebody who's coming up to, can you bum rush one of these little stands? Maybe. That's a capoeira. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> that dancing <laughs> That shit. <laughs> this little way arm waving. <laughs> Man, uh, her team is so bad in this movie. They piss me off. They don't like Frank because he's coming in there and basically being like, y'all are fucking it up. And y'all are not doing a good job. Um, they're just very resistant, especially Cy, who is her publicist, played by Gary Kemp. And he is very excited of all the, the hullabaloo, <laughs> I guess, <laughs> regarding everything. Like they told Rachel that there was an electrical problem in her dressing room when she had died. <laughs> but he's like, every time some, every time she's on like a cover of a magazine, we get all these like fan letters like we get an increase of fan letters and i was like that should be quite worrying considering she's also getting creepy ass letters like violently drawn letters like this is some buffalo bill shit girl i would not be amused yeah it's all like magazine cutouts and eyes and one was very sexual drawing yeah one of the drawings is like very sexual like like yeah Oh, well, that girl, like, we need to just fuck the bodyguard. We need to call FBI for real. <laughs> we got to get somebody on the case. So um, Farmer's not amused by any of this. Um, but he decides to go along with it anyway. Because, I mean, it's such good money. <laughs> it is a, a pretty good, girl, 
that is so much money. <laughs> just thinking about it now, like getting the shivers. <laughs> we love that for, for him and for me. And, um, <laughs> and so the whole kind of, um, the extra media attention is because she is, um, slated to be like, people think she's going to be nominated for an Oscar for this movie. She was in called Queen of the Night, which she also has a song called Queen of the Night. So she's just doing a lot of press. She's got dancers everywhere. She's got people everywhere around her all the time. Um, and she's pissed off at Frank because, she thinks that he's just coming in there to disrupt her life. Like she's not taking it seriously enough because nobody has told her that somebody has been in her house <laughs> and is trying to actively kill her. Um, so I was very amused by this opening, these first few scenes, because I was like, what was your, what's the end game of not telling this lady that she could be murdered at any time? Her team didn't, they have no kind of plan. They were just like, we just go get Secret Service in, this former Secret Service agent. We're going to have Tony at the dough. We'll be good. We could just keep her in the dark for as long as possible and hope (laughs) for the best. (laughs) Just hope that these increasingly violent letters don't escalate beyond this. Like, if you had got one of them letters to your own house, would you have been (laughs) so so, um, cavalier with your... Oh no, we tell everybody. It'd be like, uh, uh, <laughs> the whole household, we having a meeting about this. We have to lock this down. We gotta get into the panic room. Call David Fincher. It's time <laughs> to make the like, panic room. <laughs> we having a hot, we having a house meeting. Yeah. Right like, when we got the letter. And we locking the doors. <laughs> mm-hmm. No one in or out. Um, and I also should mention, I feel like we talked about her earlier, just a, a little bit. Um, her sister Nikki is her personal secretary, I believe, or her personal assistant, basically, which happens with a lot of famous people. They're like, here, let me bring my cousin along <laughs> on towards my assistant or whatever. Nikki is kind of a, a weird one because I talked to my mom about this and she was like, you know, it was a very popular movie. She didn't, I don't think she liked it as much as my aunt did, which I think I talked about my aunt acting out certain <laughs> scenes from this movie in front of me when I was a kid and rewinding the tape so much. And my mom was like, please stop. <laughs> please stop. Anything else? Can we can we watch something else on the television? Please. Um, Nikki is kind of always in the background, kind of looking around a little bit, mm. uh, doing a lot of observing, I would say. Um, and we find out that she used to be in a band. And then Rachel came and then joined as a singer. And that was the end of Nikki's career. <laughs> yeah. They kind of got like a Blanche and Baby Jane type <laughs> relationship. And like I was telling Ashley before we started recording, nowadays we have YouTube where siblings of stars can have careers like yeah we have you got the tiktoks you know i can make a tiktok with my sibling oh now gosh I get a little shy too Aren't, is know. there a set of uh, tiktok siblings that are pretty famous right now or something they have like a show on hulu or something i think yeah, yeah i don't know their names i'm sorry i'm not um i'll probably if <laughs> they ban it <laughs> you know for every brandy there is a ray j for every <laughs> You know, that's how it works. We got the Ariana's. We got the Frankie's. I would think that Ray J's done a little bit more than Frankie. But okay. 
I mean, we all can't be the Jacksons. <laughs> uh, no, no, the Jacksons were made. They were made. formed. They had one. the innate talent, but oh, they were made in the worst way. Yeah. It, mm, yeah. I mean, not many of them came out unscathed, but you know, the ones that did made some really great things happen, I guess. <laughs> uh, yeah, poor girl. She, she Nikki is Nikki's kind of left behind. Like she's in the fold, but she's not really that important because she don't ever be doing stuff for Rachel anyway. Like, you know, like a personal assistant really would like go, go get this, go pick up this or whatever. She's kind of sitting there. Yeah, she like, eh, you go get that shit yourself, which I kind of <laughs> Yeah, but if you want to be an assistant, like assist. Yeah. Or just don't have a title. <laughs> yeah. I guess she has a title to justify why she's there, but I mean, the justification would be you're her family. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> I'm looking out for my family, making sure everybody's needs are taken care of because now I have the means to do so. I mean, um, Unless you count babysitting Fletcher, but Fletcher beginning to shit on his own. So I don't know if she yeah. was doing a good job of that either. She really wasn't. She's just she's just chilling. She hanging out. I also want to say too that the pink house that's supposed to be Rachel's house is actually the house from The Godfather, where I forget what that guy's name is, but he gets a horse head put in his uh bed. That's the same house. I think it's like a very famous oh. house in Beverly Hills. I recognize it because I was like. That is very, very familiar. <laughs> I haven't seen very many big pink houses on film uh, that often. So I had to Google that one. It's uh, It's been in a, a lot of movies, actually. But definitely from The Godfather. Um, so I guess Frank decides to grab this guy who washes Rachel's cars. I think his name is Henry. Yeah. And, yes. Um, they decide to do the classic uh, 80s pair up of a white guy with a black guy who's just a little enthusiastic <laughs> oh gosh yeah did you notice that he's um, like okay i guess let's train up somebody you gonna be my mentee essentially let's do this mm -hmm. we gotta we gotta run some drills yeah yeah we're gonna learn how to uh what does he do do the 180 thing in the car where he slides that big ass buick limo <laughs> around <laughs> love the old ass cars this movie by the way it took me back to a time yeah everything's all boxy <laughs> and large very large and kind of like a beigey color that ugly mm -hmm. sand color um but yeah this is very like diehard of them to do this and i feel like maybe lethal weapon too if i'm imagining it correctly isn't yeah. there just always a white guy or a black guy paired up together to stop some bullshit yes that's how it works you need that. Uh, you need that dynamic to happen. Yeah. I don't know what about this had. I mean, we love Die Hard, but I don't know what about this whole dynamic was so popular. Um, Got them 48 hours. <laughs> Got that Beverly Hills cop. I was going to say Beverly Hills cop, too. Yeah. This all feels very familiar, but he's not like super in the movie because sometimes he would be there and sometimes he'd like pop up out of nowhere like when they went up to the cabin and I was like where is that come from <laughs> yeah. I do not remember him being there yeah he just be there just hanging yeah. out be around he's happy he gets to drive the car and and you know throw it in reverse a little bit do some fun tricks and stuff um so Rachel obviously is not with the shits but she's still very flirty with Farmer almost immediately <laughs> 
Yeah, she's she's like it's kind of like she's bored a little bit, but also trying to see how far she could push this. Yeah, yeah, they go shopping and she's trying to get him to like get her clothes while she's behind the curtain. He's like, "Please get yourself. I'm trying to protect your life." <laughs> and she's but, not amused with his commitment to discipline. The way of the samurai. Yeah, she was like, eh. like she gets all huffy because she can see her charm is not working on him. Yeah. Or, yeah. or is it? Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh, we'll find out soon enough. And <laughs> I think too, isn't this? Um, she's talking about how she's labeled as a bitch. And he's like, you don't actually have to be labeled as a bitch. Like you can have control of your own situation. Like she's just like, I'm just used to it because that's how I've been. I guess, like people know me as like, like did people know? Did people think of Whitney Houston as a bitch when she was in that part of her career? That like I've watched a few documentaries on Whitney. Mm-hmm. Like it was one that was on Hulu, mm. and it's an I think it's another one. They might both be on Hulu. Mm. Maybe one was on Netflix. Let's see. And I never really grasped that she was thought of anything else other than like America's sweetheart yeah that's why like I think- from outside percent like yeah like, I think that's why all the stuff later on in her career was so shocking to people because people were like what the fuck because <laughs> she was just so like poised and so like to me she was just like high glam like she's just like your the ultimate pop diva to me okay i think it's called whitney on hulu one was called whitney and i think one was called can i be me was that it i i watched two and one of them had like her like home videos where she was like talking shit about other people which is really it was <laughs> she was really seeing off key on the record <laughs> yes she was talking about paula abdul it was really funny it really Listen. like catty but like it's just like how you would talk to your girlfriends about other folks at the house. And it was really funny. Um, I mean, like you, 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 the voice of a generation and here comes somebody else that gets to be popular. And she can't really sing. Like she can dance her ass off, but she can't sing. I'd be sliding like, about that shit too. Especially the way the NAACP or whoever was talking about her, talking about she makes music for white people. But that's also how they made her career. Like that is, how they designed her career to be. And I think that's what she struggled against. Which is weird. Because I was thinking about this earlier and I was just like, her music sounds just as poppy as like Janet Jackson's music pre resignation. But she the one getting the lashes. Yeah. And also like Janet fought hard against it. Against everybody. Like her family, record Mm -hmm. labels, whoever to make like rhythm nation like and well control and rhythm nation yeah um yeah because i don't think her music sold very well janet's music Mm -hmm. didn't sell very well but i was like it's the same poppy shit that everybody (laughs) i was like how dare y'all do that to her like oh y'all always on the wrong side of history shit (laughs) but um I, yeah, I never thought of her being like a bitch, but she's, you know, she's kind of bitchy in this movie, but she's still very charismatic. So you're just kind of like, oh, Rachel. And um, he's kind of into her. Like, you can kind of tell. Like, he, I think yeah. he ends up watching her music videos. Maybe a little, 
he was looking. Yeah, and he was looking not- back in the change room, not like a pervert. But no, he looked back when she was like, "Yeah, people call me a bitch." And <laughs> he looked back like, mm-hmm. mm, "Okay, yeah." Like he's kind of laughing, but not like he's trying not to show any emotion. You know, he's supposed to be keeping that down. He's supposed to be a stoic samurai. He's a man, you know, that kind of thing or whatever. Um, <laughs> but like you, like later that evening, she's like winding down for the evening and she's talking to i think her sister mm-hmm. and all you hear is i got the stuff that you want <laughs> i got the thing that you need <laughs> yeah like, what the hell is <laughs> i think he was watching run to you as well there's like some video <laughs> where she was literally like in the running with all her hair flowing and he's kind of like slack jawed like of course she's beautiful <laughs> <laughs> but she's amused by it. He like he's listening to the TV is like on volume so, thirty. Yeah, um, sir. Like turn that shit down. Like I thought you were supposed to be stealth mode. He's watching her videos out in like his room or wherever. No, I think it was because mm, he didn't have a TV in that little sad ass room. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know where he was watching them, but he was watching them like kind of nearby-ish or like in the guest house, maybe. Like, could we see his room later? And I was like, this better not be his room. (laughs) It's like, what the fuck is this sad freshman dorm room? What's going on here? Like, I know you don't need a lot, but that's embarrassing. (laughs) He's just like watching it just his shirt unbuttoned, he relaxing, like, this is downtime. He just watching. Uh, it's, it's not like you were doing, like, your homework on your client. You're watching this for fun, because you would have, like, you secret service, you would have did this shit yeah. before you accepted the job. You That's yeah. your homework before you accepted. You watching these videos for fun. <laughs> you just can't be helped. Can't help but be captivated by her beauty and her talent tree, you know. He wouldn't say any of that, but he's just trying to get some intel, <laughs> quote unquote. And, and the TV is so loud, like the whole house, the house can hear you because, like, you you can hear it over the music they have in their room. And she's looking out the window, like, mm, okay, got him, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, so I think this next scene, next few scenes are when Rachel decides, well, somebody decides that she needs to perform at this club, I guess, to promote her new video for Queen of the Night. Um, I think it was Cy, who's a fucking idiot. Terrible, (laughs) terrible idea. Terrible idea. Bad idea. Farmer's upset because nobody keeps, nobody's telling him anything. So he's like, how am I supposed to protect you if I, I don't know where you're supposed to be? And especially I, he would have said, no, let's like not do this because he's also been telling her like she can't go to Sunday brunch. Like she can't do the things that she normally does. And she's kind of fucking over it. And she's like, I can do whatever I want. Like, you're not going to tell me that I can't live my life or whatever. Um, so she goes and performs uh, this promo. Of course, there's hundreds of fans and she's letting them come up on the stage. I think, well, no, no, first she gets the letter. She gets a letter. And she's like, what the fuck? And then they finally have to tell her that she's been getting this letter and somebody had been in her house and all this. And she's like, what the fuck? Like, nobody told me this. And they, um, 
I don't know what Bill Cobb's character's name is. <laughs> it's like he's calling him Bill Cobb's. <laughs> um, he decides that he's going to cancel the show. And Saw is like, this, the fans are going to turn this place apart. You have his name? What's his name? It starts with a V. It's Bill. No. <laughs> it's not. It is. It's Bill. Is it really Bill? But he had a last name. Like the last name. Is Bill Devaney. Okay, Devaney. That's what they kept calling him. Okay, cool. <laughs> so you close it up. It's Bill. I mean, I keep calling him Bill Cops, and I feel like I'm always going to call him Bill Cops. <laughs> um, so Bill Cops goes up there to cancel, <laughs> to cancel the gig. Size like the people will tear this place apart. The K-pop fans are going to... No, I'm just kidding. They're going <laughs> to... They're gonna, you know, rip this place to shreds if you cancel this. Um, and I think at one point he's like, you know, Rachel has a job, she needs to be able to do her job, but you know, at the cost of at the expense of her life, I don't feel like doing your job is that important, but I mean he hey. is correct with she does need to function to do yeah. the the what her job entails, but at the same point, side, you cannot overbook this club. When her life is under threat. Yeah. I was like, you saw the damn letters. Are you being serious right now? <laughs> this lady is in danger. Like, this is not anything to play around with. And also, she doesn't even seem like an artist who would perform at this type of club. I so, think they said that in the movie. They said that she doesn't usually do stuff like that. Like, it's very, this is very, like, not the Whitney I remember, you know, with the choreography and the, and the, it's very, I don't want to say it's very Madonna, but it feels like kind of something like Madonna would have done with the, with the breastplate kind of look and the, it almost, I don't know, it felt like sort of like pseudo ancient Egyptian, like the bob and like the headdress and all this, but it was very metallic and stuff. And yeah, it's like, a, I was like, this all seemed like, obviously this is not a Whitney biopic or whatever, but like, <laughs> Um, I was just like, this is kind of weird. And it didn't seem like the the type of music that she did everywhere else because she just, anytime, all the time she performed, she just performed like as a balladeer almost like to the crowd. Mm-hmm. Like this is very intense. So the fans are loving this shit and she's up there dancing. She's letting people come up on the stage, which nowadays, <laughs> no, you would not be able to, depending on the, the star, that's a hot, the, no, hard no. If this is a Julius and Beyonce situation, you would be dead before you hit the floor. <laughs> You're not running up on him. stage with Rihanna. No, I don't know. I don't Beyonce. know Rihanna's that. I feel like Julius is the only famous bodyguard. bodyguard. <laughs> yeah, like when people know him by name. <laughs> and he has been with Beyonce, I think, the majority of her career. I think since she started going solo, right? Or maybe before that? Maybe before with Destiny's Child? Maybe. I don't know. I just know that, you know, he is never that far behind because you just see some some bald head. <laughs> he is not a Frank Farmer. He has stayed with Beyonce for a long, long time. But um, Frank is having trouble at this concert because Rachel keeps being like, don't come up on the stage. It's fine. I got it handled. And then all of a sudden she don't have a handle and she gets pushed out off like off the stage into the crowd. And they start uh, grabbing at her and pulling her headdress off and her costume. Yeah. It's, uh, it, it's a little scary. 
yeah, it gets scary real quick. And I was like, oh no. And then that's when Frank jumped into action. He go, whoo, down in the crowd. He start fucking people up. Go pop, 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 bitch. Yeah. Yep. And he grabs her. And I think her other security, Tony, was like, you know, you need to watch me and learn something. So Tony goes out through the front, which is fucking stupid in the first place. (laughs) He goes out to the front door or whatever. He's knocking over people and and shit. And he's like, where did he go? Because Farmer ends up taking a back way. He's just devised a separate plan where Henry, the driver, comes and scoops them up and uh, they make a quick getaway with like without the rest of her team. <laughs> like, the rest of her team is there left to fend for themselves and deal with the crowd. Because she only got to do that one song. <laughs> so, you know, they were hot. Yeah, they probably paid $40 in 1992 money. That'd be a lot that's more money a lot than of I money. think. I feel like that's way more money than you actually would pay. It would be like 20 Good old-fashioned $20. But that's Rachel Mar- Marin. She just got nominated for an Oscar. What was a Madonna ticket back then? What was a Whitney Houston ticket back then? $40. <laughs> if you said I could see Whitney Houston for $40, I'd say I will pay up. <laughs> It's like a tenth of what I just paid for Beyonce tickets, child. <laughs> That's a $40 ticket. Uh, so they make it back to the house and Rachel's all shook up, but he I think he tucks her in bed. <laughs> I just remember this part. He tucked her in, right? <laughs> he just left. Help me out here. <laughs> yeah, I think he does. He makes sure she gets like settled in safely it's like next to fletcher or something so she's like a little like a little baby yeah he i feel like he like he definitely carried her out of the club he did like into the car that's on um, the um the poster yeah him I carrying her did it just break your mind when i say he tucked her in <laughs> yes i'm sorry oh <laughs> like that poster is it's hot. I'm sorry. It's a good um, poster. He, I think Kevin Costner said he picked that poster or the picture for the poster himself. So come good, on, Mark. Good genius. job, Miss. Good job, Mr. Costner. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the most dramatic part of the movie. There's way more that comes up later, but it's a good. It was a good marketing. Like, ooh, the, the sexy bodyguards gonna carry me to safety. <laughs> you know, yeah, he protected her. He got her out of the club, out of danger. Yeah, for what yeah. what we think is danger right now. I mean, the first bit of danger because the guy was there. Like, the guy was there. He ends up picking up part of her costume and sniffing it. And I was like, oh, yeah. He's like, Yo. it's like a glitter glove or something. Yeah. Like, yeah. Mm. One of her, yeah. Some of hers. And yeah, takes that back to his secret lair, <laughs> his locker mm. full of uh, things. And um, which I feel like we see him not too long after this. He's like some blonde guy. Yeah. He's like making a new note. Like, we see him working his stuff out. And all of his notes are like, I have nothing. Yeah. Nothing. Nothing. Oh my you God. Have everything. <laughs> yeah. He, yeah. It's very much like, how dare you, you old bitch. I'm going to come and kill you. Die. Something. Yeah. But- yeah. You will die. It's like half of it is her song lyrics, half of it is a very aggressive fet- uh, threat yeah. against her life. And yeah. I'm like, oh, that's kind of clever. Please stop. <laughs> Is it is it clever, Brittany? <laughs> I was like, oh girl, you remixed the lyrics. Okay, Stan, I see you. Please stop. 
Oh God, I'm so we haven't even gotten in depth about stands, but oh no, mm. it's not looking good out here in these streets. No. <laughs> uh, it, it's also um, it's not handwritten letters or like I mean some of them are handwritten and I think they transitioned into doing more like newspaper clipping, which I'm sorry I kind of laughed at because it was very very delicate and precise with that exact yeah. that. <laughs> He's like got that. Uh, hodgepodge go mm. yeah yes. hodgepodge <laughs> the hodgepodge <laughs> yes the glue uh. yeah with his gloves on and he's watching her videos that's the other thing he's watching her videos and all this stuff about her and then he's delicately cutting all this stuff there's a fight in Rachel's kitchen between Farmer and Tony the original bodyguard or at least head of security and this shit was funny I'm sorry <laughs> Because Tony's mad because Farmer has, you know, undermined his quote-unquote authority. You know, he's doing, they're all doing a fucking terrible job. Um, so Farmer nicely and calmly, with the skill of a samurai, no, <laughs> beats his ass in the kitchen. Beats him bloody. Yeah. Farmer kind of have a little bit, a touch of anger issues. Yeah, he got to get that checked out. You, you know that happens when you don't release your emotions yeah it will come out in other ways yeah you can't be fighting at work like this no no not against the actual i mean on the one hand you know he's standing in the way of progress you know you you making it hard for me to do my job so you gotta get out the hell you gotta get the hell out the way but at the same time like not in the lady's house come on yeah <laughs> like while she's you, sleeping you you gotta protect you know, tony is a bodyguard is he you were ex- I don't even think he really was her bodyguard, though. I don't think she had a bodyguard. I think he was just head of security. But he wasn't doing what Frank be doing. He 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 just a nigga with a gun. He's just okay, a big like, ass motherfucker. Like that's what Tony is. Like yeah. he he's a dude. He's a dude. He's just your guy off the block. My you know your guy Tony. Yeah, he a dude. You are ex secret service man. Yeah, you don't kill him. Probably got a license to kill, like James Bond. You is know. They? Oh, like, I guess they do. <laughs> I witnessed <laughs> it on television, so maybe like <laughs> you. That's probably how you operate. So I don't think it's safe for you to just be hitting on folks. No, and he does that later in the movie too. He beats up on that dude at that restaurant. I was like, you can't be doing this. Yeah, that wasn't. I mean, you know, I don't know what you need to go. Go hit like a punching bag or something. So you have to protect everyone else. Like Rachel isn't your only client. Your other clients are everybody else in the house as well. So you yeah. can't just do that. Frank Farmer. <laughs> he said, you are fucking it up, my guy. <laughs> but I love this. Is, you know, masculinity has been established in the house. Mm-hmm. Now he has he has become the alpha. <laughs> Look at me, I'm the captain now. <laughs> and I was thinking about in mahogany how like all the different contrasting masculinity tropes were kind of being presented because you got weird ass Anthony Perkins, and then you got uh, Christian, the very rich Italian man, and then you got. Uh, Billy D. Williams, who was like your down home brother, mm-hmm. keeping it real out in these streets against these white people. 
not that was very uh there's all these competing masculinity tropes in that movie and I thought this is very interesting because he just came in very calmly and said I will not be having any of this shit with you people <laughs> but then he also snaps sometimes with a more traditional masculine trope because he will grab uh, up he was grabbing up her fans when they went to that club <laughs> one person was like Rachel he went he was like Roop. Yeah, yeah, yeet. <laughs> you got like, oh. I was like, technically, this is a lawsuit against Rachel Marin in the club because yeah. her bodyguard just threw somebody and fucked everybody up. Bodyguards will out. get fucked up. Yeah, bodyguards will. I have. I feel like this has been a thing, maybe like in the early two thousands, where people got like their bodyguards are sued because they have been just a, a smidge aggressive against them but then also too like why are you so close which Rachel doesn't like it like he wants her fans like she wants her fans to be able to talk to her I guess yeah but that comes a little bit later yeah at, like a lunch they have and he was about to roll up on a little girl like what the fuck yeah they yeah the girl she's like okay your autograph he's like no little girl it's <laughs> just like Hey, excuse me, <laughs> what you gonna throw her over, over the stairs? What are you about to do? <laughs> you know, body slam this child. She's like eight years old. <laughs> he was doing a lot. I understand. He has to do his job, but he's doing a lot. Um, so I think after this, she like catches up to him on like a he's like secure the perimeter again and she catches up to him and she starts talking and she was like well I have a question because like you know sometimes I'll be going out on dates and stuff but like now that you're my bodyguard you kind of are blocking so like if you don't like if I want to go out and I want to go to somebody's house like you gonna come with me like what's 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 the protocol for that and then she's like you know you could be my date and I was like okay Rachel I see you girl I slid right in there try to do she slid right up in there no shame shout out to the girl <laughs> and frank is like uh yeah uh, excuse uh, you know <laughs> i'm just <laughs> gotta touch that ear <laughs> gotta just touch that little ear bud <laughs> i'll just secure the perimeter i i can't you know i'm just working on the clock right now can't can't really you know yeah, I, I got to deal with that off the clock. Yeah. And so off the clock, they go to oh. a movie. Meanwhile, Nikki, while she's asking, Nikki is looking with her looking ass. <laughs> she always in the background just checking shit out. I think like she mentioned somebody called for Rachel, but Rachel's like, now nah, I'm getting taken care of right now, sweetheart. <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, that's right, girl. This man gonna be all up in your shit. You better make some shit happen. So they go to a movie. They go see Yojimbo, which I still think I am probably saying wrong, which is actually a movie about a mm-hmm. bodyguard. It is a about a Ronin who arrives in a small town where competing crime lords vice for supremacy. The two bosses each try to hire the newcomer as a bodyguard. Uh, this is a Kurosawa movie. I don't know. Is I think it's streaming on HBO Max. Maybe I might be mistaken. Hmm. Um, but this also was unofficially "quote unquote" remade by Sergio Leone uh, as the spaghetti western film "A Fistful of Dollars," which, if you're familiar with, is Clint Eastwood's like first big starring role hmm. with the man who what's his name? The man who 
the man with no name. Sorry. I know everybody who's listening was like, Ashley, you stupid bitch. But like the man. So this is like a, this is a big, you know, trope of like the silent man who kind of comes in and does his thing and then leaves. <laughs> and he's seen this movie a lot, actually. He tells Rachel that. Yeah, this is his favorite. Like, I guess this is his favorite movie. This is his shit, yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and he talks about how being a samurai is not wanting to die, but having no fear of death. And I was like, all right, all right, bro. Mr. Uh, while you were out partying, I studied the blade head ass. <laughs> yeah, it's like, uh, don't please don't tell me that. I don't know. Date. Um, yeah. thanks. Thank you. Does this mean that you gonna jump in front of me when something happens? I'm assuming that is the thing that you're telling me, but that's a bit intense mm-hmm. for like this date, not date, full service date, mm-hmm. <laughs> which Rachel calls it. They go to like this kind of Western bar. Yeah. Where he's more comfortable and they're like talking. And I feel like at one point she asked him if there was like somebody in his life and he says, no. And then he said like, it was some girl that fell out of love with him <laughs> and I feel like we haven't talked about this yet but I just kind of want to spoil it I feel like the girl was Ronald Reagan <laughs> I feel like Frank Farmer's the big like lost love was the fact that he was not there when Reagan was shot that was like his biggest regret yeah in life in history out of all the things this man is probably he- in his late 30s <laughs> That he wasn't there for Ronald Reagan when Reagan got shot. Yeah, but that guy who was like in love with Jodie Foster, wasn't it? Y- yeah, yeah. Look at you know, come full circle. It's, you know, multiple circles coming. That's such a random thing for that to be the problem with this man that he feel like he can't dedicate himself to anybody because when he was really needed. He you know, I be your grandma, but I'm different. I could have stopped it. <laughs> I mean, realistically, Frank Farmer probably could, but bitch, it was your day off. You was off work. It wasn't like you weren't there. You failed at your job. You yeah, like if you, you had, if you had been there and you hadn't gotten to him fast enough, whatever. I mean, the man didn't even die. That's the other thing. I was like, sir, okay. But like. I get the sense that he left his job as an FBI agent because of this. <laughs> right? It had yeah. to be. But you were, it was a day off. It wasn't like you got fired on your day off like Craig. It's like <laughs> you were- <laughs> and it wasn't even like a day off. He was going to the funeral. I think he went to his mom's funeral. Like we went at the- mom- Reagan more important than your mama. No. Especially not Reagan, child. Like, give me a fucking break. <laughs> what, are you, what are you saying? What is this movie saying? Your sense of duty is more important than your mother and being there for your widowed father. Girl, ghetto. <laughs> like, I was like, you are not serious. Because then he he makes her think that somebody had died. Like, she, like, a client of his was in love with him or whatever. And then she died while he was on the job. But that's not it. So he was like, well, sh-. which is also crazy to, to make her think that, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, this is your client and that is telling me that, uh-oh. Oh, uh-oh. So you fall in love with me. Am I dying in this bitch? <laughs> uh-oh. Uh-oh. Girl, very, 
We're gonna I need, need somebody to log on AOL and check them references. <laughs> Did they have AOL in 1992? Yes, it'd take you four days to get on there, but they oh. had it. Um, so um, they slow dance right to a version of "I Will Always Love You." It's not the Dolly version; it's some dude. Um, maybe it's somebody important. I don't know. I'm sorry. And um, they go back to his sad, sad little room in the basement. With mm-hmm. his one sofa and, and his samurai sword. <sighs> and she like, yeah. I, and she started playing with it. Like, uh. yeah, she starts swooshing around the store. She's having to get to Iris and they're like, this feels like man who does not have a bed frame, <laughs> a mattress on the floor type situation. I was like, not in this room. I hope it's not in this room, child. This is not. <laughs> this is this not here. Not Rachel in this room, please. Somewhere else. And um, I think he did he like take her scarf off her neck and then like the samurai sword cuts it in half because it's so sharp. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> the they got a little it get a little sexy in here <laughs> now. Mm. The eroticism. <laughs> and uh, girl, dude, I don't know. They go to, a, they're like, they wake up in another room, in a nicer room, thank God. And then the shot of the samurai store where her panties on it. <laughs> <laughs> I have never laughed so hard <laughs> in my life. <laughs> but they wake up the next day and they start arguing. Because he like, Oh, gotta go. Can't do it. Duty calls. This is inappropriate. And she's pissed off that he don't want to, I don't know, that he's not into her, I guess. Or not, whatever. I don't know what he says. Okay, I have one quote. It says, you can live with it or fire me. And she says, but I can't fuck you. And I was like, well, all right. <laughs> Full yeah. service indeed, child. Yeah, he's not <laughs> he's not happy with himself that he had sex with the client at work. Yeah. Yeah. Off the clock. Off the clock, but you know, the killer is not off the clock. The killer is working around the clock, you know? And you gotta stay ready. So you ain't gotta get ready. Cause he coming. He or she is coming. <laughs> so just like Frank Farmer. <laughs> Girl, stop. <laughs> Oh, congratulations. I got clapped for that one. She slid right off in there. <laughs> yeah, he, he can't get distracted. He had to keep his mind on the, the prize of getting that killer. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, people are like, why are you wait? Like, why do you want to find this killer so fast? Because I think he calls some, like, old people at FBI and says like please analyze this letter and they start analyzing it and so i think at one point like the killer does something else weird again and um frank calls and they're like okay we're gonna get we're we're close to getting him don't worry but isn't the job good money like hold tight (laughs) everybody's like girl you get three thousand dollars a week oh shit job security but stay out there we will take our time finding this man (laughs) do not worry you were getting the salary of a lifetime chill out (laughs) 
I think after this, Rachel does some ch uh, charity concerts in Miami. And this is where we meet Portman. I don't remember his first name. Um, who they mentioned in the beginning when Bill Cobbs comes to Farmer and he's like, uh, you know, we want to hire you. And Farmer's like, well, why can't you just get like these people or like Portman or somebody like people I know. And so that was the first time he's mentioned. But then we mentioned him again. And apparently he is um, the bodyguard of a governor who is doing nefarious things with hopefully of age women. <laughs> mm. uh, yeah. So Rachel decides to start with him and they go into the next room and then he like kind of assaults her. Yeah, he he's like trying to force his stuff on her, and she's like, "No, you need to get the hell no. out." And he's at the party with the like everyone else, like the entire party. Yeah, in the next room, and she ends up kicking him out. Um, but she's like, she's cool about it until like she closes the door, and then she's kind of a little like shook up, shook up. I was like, "You just met this woman. You just tried. What the fuck is wrong with you?" <laughs> and Farmer, of course, is watching the door like a hawk. Partially because that's his job and partially because he's like, hey, yo, hey, 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 <laughs> wait a minute. It's not mm. very nice of you. <laughs> I'm a little bit jealous. Um, and so while she's in Miami, Rachel gets another call from the weird man slash killer. <laughs> we keep calling him the killer and it just made me think of <laughs> Wendy Williams. <laughs> Please look up Wendy Williams, the killer montage and be <laughs> amused as I am every Halloween. <laughs> Wendy's obsession with the killer. I mean, nope, no specific killer, just the killer. <laughs> yeah, the killer. Yes, this is the killer of Wendy Williams. <laughs> and um, yeah, she gets a call and she thinks it's Fletcher, which the guy answers the phone and says, mommy. And I was like, oh, no. that's gross. <laughs> And she's like, is this, she's like, oh, Fletcher. And he's like, no, no. no. <laughs> and I, she hangs up the phone. And then he, she finally decides to start cooperating. Because the whole time she's been like going shopping and not telling Farmer. And Farmer's like, this is the last fucking straw. I cannot deal with this shit anymore. Call somebody else. I'm not doing this with you. Then he goes and beats up that man in the kitchen. In the hotel Which kitchen. Was vaguely racist. Yeah, who was that? Oh, like, I don't even know why he went down there in the first place. He was said, I'm, you know what? I'm tired of your shit, Rachel. I'm going to secure the perimeter. So he was down <laughs> in the kitchen. He was down this in the not... kitchen. Securing the perimeter. Why was in the kitchen, girl? Then why was in the kitchen? The perimeter. <laughs> was in the, the perimeter was in the kitchen. He was doing a walkthrough. Sure. Down in the kitchen. He asked somebody about, yeah, he was asking somebody his name or whatever. And he's like, what's it to you? And he just started going off on him, beating mm -hmm. the shit out of him. And I was like, you broke the stand notes. Again, a lawsuit against you and Rachel and the hotel. Because I would sue the fuck out of all y'all. I'm not coming personally. back to work. <laughs> I'm not coming back to work. I love how I'm going to go secure the perimeter. Feels very much like I'm going to return some videotapes. <laughs> <laughs> very... Very, uh, it's not quite Patrick Bateman, but it's getting there. You're doing a little bit too much violence, sir. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that lady was like, please stop baiting on my husband. Yes. 
Yeah. Like this man was minding his business, waiting on his wife to get done with her shift or whatever the fuck. Yeah. Not bothering nobody. Listen. And you come down there and beat that man up. Listen, if you got like, if you got some sexual frustration, I, may I suggest going to the gym or like doing some runs, doing something. Don't go beating up people. Sorry that this lady is being difficult, but you got to get yourself you got- under control. This is not the way of the samurai. You got on your Miami suit. You could have gone down to the fucking beach. <laughs> he don't like to have. No, some lady tried to flirt with him at the party. He was like, all right, well, can you please <laughs> fuck off, basically? <laughs> that lady was like, well, damn, bitch, you are strict. <laughs> <laughs> so he's not good for the beach, I think. I think he just needs to have some alone time where he cannot hurt others. Mm. Physically hurt others. Um, so I think Bill Cos finally convinces him to come back and he's like, I don't want to come back. But Rachel says, you know, it was really scary the way the guy kind of spoke to her and she's really freaked out. And so she's like, I'm finally like, I'm willing to cooperate fully. And so I guess they, I don't think he fires Cy. I had hoped that or not he didn't buy but he had told her like don't have your team with you like i need to take you away from all of this crap like you're going to cancel some dates uh tell uh bill cobbs and tony that they gotta go on vacation he said no more side i was like oh thank god we're gonna fire side but they didn't because he comes back later (laughs) but basically he's like we gotta get away from here so he takes nikki henry and fletcher and rachel to a remote cabin in the woods, which turned out to be his dad's cabin, which I was kind of not confused by, but I was kind of almost wondering, I was like, what did his dad used to be somebody important? But I guess it's more like insight of like why he is the way he is as far as like handling fear and never taking, I don't say never taking no for an answer, but he's very just tenacious or something. Is that the right word? Maybe yeah, he's like, I'm just a simple man and I live here <laughs> with a log cabin. You know, it's very, just doing things. Very and bush I have never, never seen so many colored people in my life here. <laughs> in my cabin. But oh my you God. know, you are you are a really great woman if my son yeah. brought you here. And I'm really glad to meet you. I think he said something like he didn't know she was a singer. Because he was like, do all these people need your help? And he was like, only the one. And uh he was like, oh, you're a singer? I've never heard your songs. <laughs> He's like, we don't get a lot of music up here. And I was like, sir, come on. Like, you ain't got a radio yeah, frequency. <laughs> you ain't got FM, AM? He has to. He lives in damn mountains. What if there's an avalanche? You got to be tuned in <laughs> to mm-hmm. the weather. <laughs> come on now. So he, you, it's very like a Bush's Big Bean commercial. Mm-hmm. Very Just Levi's. In the mountain. Yeah, very right. Not Levi's. Wrangler. This is very Wrangler mm-hmm. jeans. Yeah, yeah. Um, me and my homestead that I built <laughs> with my polyamorous wife from the ground up. Me and my polycules <laughs> just built it. Please watch Love Off the up. Grid on TLC. If you haven't already, or Discovery Plus, I think. I don't think this is a TLC show. This is the Discovery Plus. Just the best in reality TV. I love it. Um, so I think this is when... Frank's dad reveals that he wasn't there when Reagan was shot. I also said he was 
up there for six months after that happened. Like you needed six months to <laughs> recover, not because your mama died, but because you <laughs> could not be there when the president caught a hot one. I was toe up for <laughs> the love of my life. Ronald Reagan. I don't know that name. <laughs> Ronald Lucifer Reagan. <laughs> Lucifer Morningstar Reagan Sr. <laughs> was shot. I was just so up. Wilson. I had to go. That seemed too regular for that man. Um, you know, when you've done so much, not always the devil doesn't always look so flashy. Sometimes he comes as a simple man pretending to be a cowboy. Ronald Wilson? Who the fuck? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I know, I know. That man is definitely fried up crispy. So he was very upset that he was not there, as we have said. And I just think that is so ridiculous. But I wonder if that's what happens in the Yojimbo movie. Was he not there? Like if the reason why he comes into town is because, you know, he has uh put himself in exile. Because if something happens, but obviously it's not fucking Ronald Reagan. <laughs> so it's not nearly as bad, I think. That's just that just took me out of it. I was like, this is no longer romantic. So you need to get a job, like a real job. Like go out and cut wood or something. Don't yeah, think too mean, much. Yeah. You've done you too much. Being a loser. <laughs> Try to pick up a trade. Yeah, you could do knife throwing or some weird shit like that because he could do knife, you know, he's very skilled. He's He's got the skills. This is too much cerebralness because why are you, sir, that's so ridiculous. <laughs> you need to detach from your job in the correct ways. Not just not you caring did. about people, but just do not take that shit <laughs> to die. I'm gonna say you need some bitches, but that's <laughs> also not the answer. You need to get some bitches. <laughs> <laughs> that's, not, that's not the answer either. You need Sorry. hobbies. Yeah. You need something. hobbies. Yeah. You need therapy. You Unplug. need hobbies. Unplug. You need some time for yourself. You need to work on you, Frank Farmer. Yeah. Cause that's embarrassing. I mean, maybe if it's a different president, I wouldn't be so like, damn, nigga, you, you're not embarrassed, but you're not embarrassed. Uh, you need hobbies. You need some, um, mm. I know. You need I know. some nod. You can't take karate because it's mm. the eighties. I know you would lean into being a white man in the karate studio. Um, <laughs> you can't do that. You I mean, maybe he likes um he likes samurai movies, so maybe he would be amenable to something in the same vein of like a mm. martial art. <laughs> He can't, he cannot be, he cannot do that. He you probably killed somebody. People, he would kill. Yeah. <laughs> he would definitely try to hurt somebody. Not even try to, he would just actively get a little bit too into it and just chop the head off. So maybe that's. He'd be, into, he'd be mixed martial art and he, uh-uh. Ooh, and mm-hmm. the cage fights. <laughs> in the cage fights on, uh, on what's that channel? <laughs> Whatever the stupid channel the u.s uh whatever the ufc stuff <laughs> mm-hmm. you don't need frank farmer in there uh, no no yeah you gotta be we gotta keep him away from our protection he just, just you need a garden else. you need a garden you need to go garden. get you a farm get you some goats some yeah. chickens a few pigs a polycule <laughs> get, get, go get you a polycule that's enough to, that's- to juggle <laughs> That's a lot to juggle. So yeah, we got some ideas for Frank. You just need to not 
have a gun in your hand anymore. That's enough. We're mm-hmm. done. So Fletcher ends up taking out a boat on the lake, even though he can't swim. I try to remember that he's like an eight year old. Yeah. <laughs> There's no way if I would have. You been. know, sometimes I'm, people do that. Sometimes little kids just jump in pools. Oh my God. Like, yeah. Somebody I know who has done. Was it you? Um, yeah. Because <laughs> uh, <laughs> it wasn't me. I would have never. <laughs> I was um, not. Sometimes that idea just flashes your head and you just do it. Yeah. So, you know, okay. Brains work. You know, he knew exactly what to do. He took that boat. He knew exactly how to work the motor. He started the boat and he was out of there. And so, um, Frank is freaked out. He goes and rescues him, but also almost kills him at the same time. Cause he knocks him off the boat and Fletcher can't swim. So, um, you know, Rachel is upset. She's screaming at him, talking about he could have drowned. And Henry's like, damn, where, uh, how are we supposed to get the boat at the lake? And this is about the time I was like, damn, I didn't know Henry was here. <laughs> I did not see him before this. So I don't know if I just was not looking at him. But anyway, he's present and they're looking at the boat like, damn, how are we going to get this boat? And the boat blows up. <laughs> and everybody's like, let's pack our shit and time to get the fuck out because obviously they have been followed all the way up there from LA to I don't know Utah or whatever the fuck so it's not looking good it's not looking good and um later on that night I guess he stumbles on Nikki in the kitchen and she's still up there doing a little no 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 wait he's securing the perimeter yet again (laughs) and here come Nikki following him around time out you know you got to fuck the first sister why can't you get to fuck the second or something along that line i was like damn you really are kind of a loser because <laughs> what on earth girl but it's also that like, shows that she knows that her and farmer had a relationship it's like nikki 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 why yeah don't so. do this like is it just because frank farmer you wanted Frank Farmer and your sister had Frank Farmer. Like you had a crush on Frank Farmer and Rachel got to him first or no. you want Frank Farmer because your sister had him. Yeah, this is every second. You're just trying to fuck. Is what is the answer? It question? came out of nowhere too. <laughs> yeah. And I think this this is after Fletcher almost drowns. And so Nikki's in there crying in the kitchen drunk. And a uh, farmer figures out that the whole time, the whole time, it has actually been Nikki not killing people or trying to kill her. But Nikki has hired a hitman um, by a third party. Uh, when she was high, she said, I was so stoned. I went to East LA and I found that somebody, I asked her, first of all, you went around, asked around for hitman. <laughs> and then, uh, I found one, paid them however much money, and um, the hitman doesn't know who hired him, and she don't know who the hitman is. So she can't call it off. She can't leave a note. She can't say, like, hey, hey, I changed my mind. Keep the money. (laughs) And I said, girl, when you were high, in a fit of rage, you were stoned in a fit of rage? That doesn't go together. It's Nikki. You got to be extra jealous to do all that shit. Can we be like, listen, can we just fight in the fucking front uh, garden or whatever? <laughs> can we fight on the lawn and get it over with? 
You like, said no. Daylight go find out about this. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a wrap for her. And she has not been writing the letters. She doesn't know who's been writing the letters either. I guess she assumes it's a hitman. And um she says that the letters are all her thoughts. She's like, I hate her, but I would never hurt the baby. And I was like, damn. What would you think was gonna happen? <laughs> It's his mother. He's gonna be hurt anyway. What the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> are you are you gonna care for the baby? Are you gonna be Guess Fletcher's so. guardian? Guess so. Are you gonna live with knowing that you had his mom killed? Yeah. How are you supposed to love that baby properly when you hated his mother? And That's who's just... gonna pay? Who is really gonna pay for y'all? It's not gonna be right. Ra- what is it gonna be? The Rachel Mayor in the state? Like who's gonna? Who's gonna care for your needs? Cause you all you don't have a job. No, your job is being his babysitter. <laughs> and do you think that whatever talent that you have had is going to get you a career? She could be a songwriter if she just stopped being a little bitch. No, but <laughs> she just needed to get a grip. She needed to move out that house and 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 chill the fuck out. Cause I I hit man. That's extreme. Like, why would you do that? Yeah. So you took your sister's money that she gave you <laughs> as an allowance and hired somebody to kill her. That's crazy. Uh, so the hitman actually enters the house. And I guess Nikki tries to say, like, no, stop. I hired you or whatever. But the hitman shoots her in the chest. So Nikki is taken out. Uh, at the same time, the FBI calls Farmer and says they found the guy who's been writing the letters, who was the blonde guy who called um, Rachel in the first place. Talking about some no, no. <laughs> and that's apparently all he can say. So we don't really get a whole lot of backstory on why he's been stalking her. But no time to tie up that loose end because that means the hitman is still on the loose and it is time. Once again, for the Oscars. <laughs> Another Oscar ceremony. Yes, we're back at the 67 Oscars. <laughs> is that what the date is? I guess. Yes. Sure. Uh, Rachel is supposed to present for best song, and then she's nominated because she's got her nomination or whatever for best actress. Um, and the whole time she's freaked out because this is post- her sister's funeral and you know she's obviously devastated and um i don't think she knew that her sister was jealous of her and hated her no i feel like they kept that (laughs) under wraps thank god yeah Mm -hmm. also it doesn't seem like the media knew about her sister passing no they said they had like a thing like they talked about it they were like Obviously, Rachel's devastated. Like, they kind of, like, made a statement. You know what I mean? Mm. But I don't think they have the full story of, like, what happened up at the cabin. Like, that they're... Yeah. The hit- obviously, they're the hit- there's a hitman. Yeah, they... Like, yeah, they they're like, know, but... you know what? You actually don't need to come to the Oscars. Like, we could do this like a satellite. <laughs> so we'll videotape it, and then we'll play the videotape. Yeah, let's do something like that. You don't have to be here, girl, because... You, you are a danger. And so um, 
she's freaking out the whole time. Like she's trying to play it cool, but she's also freaking out. And this is about the time where I was kind of trying to figure out who it was because I could not remember who the actual person was. And somehow Frank figures out that it was Portman, the guy who tried to assault her in Miami, the guy who originally was interested in being her bodyguard. Who was probably going to kill her both yeah. times. Yes. And he's there with a camera disguised as a gun. <laughs> no, no, sorry. A gun disguised as a camera. Flip that. Sorry. <laughs> gun disguised as a giant fucking camera. Like he's pretending to be a also, cameraman. And the thing about it, if you haven't seen this film, it's not like a good camera gun. It's like a gun taped to the side of the camera. Is that what it was? I thought it was like built Basically, in. No, because you can see like the whole gun on the side of the camera. Oh, I didn't recognize that. I just saw the big like film canister kind of thing that they had. <laughs> like from one angle, it's just like a whole gun on the side of the camera. That's and then the other angle is like a, a camera. All right. Did you like tape that together with masking tape? Or, like electrical I was tape? Like, Okay, cool. I see what y'all doing. <laughs> Come on, arts and crafts. <laughs> and he's got a um, what do you call it? The little red dot. His little laser scope. Scope. Thank you. I don't do guns. The scope pointing at her when she goes up there. This is after she freaks out during the best song presentation, and she's screaming at Farmer. Talking about he's embarrassed her, but then also come like, come on, be my fucking bodyguard. Like she is just a, <laughs> a roller she coaster everywhere. of emotions. <laughs> yes. Debbie Reynolds calls her crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, which shocks Debbie Reynolds, R.I.P. <laughs> and I think the whole time Farmer can't communicate with anybody because his earpiece, well, you know, when he's securing the perimeter. Um interferes with the radios used to um, operate the show. <laughs> so they make him take it off. So then he's freaking out. The little thing, the little crucifix he gave Rachel to like, like as a panic button, she's going off on it. Cause she's like suddenly thinking like somebody's in the crowd gonna shoot her. But then she's, after she has her big blow up, she's like, fuck it, I'm just going to go in the audience. And so <laughs> she's so mad at him. So it's just a lot of confusion at this point. Uh, I think farmers like go check out that camera guy. He shouldn't be there. He tells Tony that Tony goes and does that and ends up being Portman who knocks him out with the camera. Because I later I was like, why does Tony have an eye patch? <laughs> I rewatched it. And I was like, oh, because he gets hit square in the eye. With the mm-hmm. So I was like, ooh, that eye is missing in action. So. While she is going up to accept her award, Portman has like the scope trained on her. And then she's up there and she's like about to do some sort of like victory pose or whatever with her arms all out. So she's very exposed. And uh, Farber just comes and jumps in the way because <laughs> he realizes that the gun is trained on her and he gets uh, catches a hot one twice. Yeah, he gets shot, and then everybody else freaks out, like, oh, my God, he yeah. got a gun. Yeah, because nobody knows where it's coming from. So they think, because he does pull his gun out uh, yeah. to shoot Portman. And so he shoots Portman. Everybody thinks he has shot Rachel. Yeah. Um, But 
she's like, no, I'm not bleeding. He's bleeding. This my body, girl. <laughs> this is my aunt's favorite part when he starts like, you know, losing blood and passing out. She's like, no. <laughs> my aunt used to play this scene over and over and over again. This is probably the only part I knew until I watched this in full <laughs> for the first time. This one, and then Rachel making her confession that she, you know, is a hater, the ultimate hater. Um, those are the only two scenes I had really ever uh, watched before watching this for the pod. <laughs> and I was like, wow, this is taking me back. This is taking me back to a time. Wow. Like, I've only seen this film, like, with my grandmother when it first, like, came out on TV or yeah. video. Yeah. And I was like, wow, y'all, let me watch this. <laughs> I think it's probably because of all the cussing that I was not allowed to watch this. My family's not into the curse words. So I, uh, I feel like my aunt would have it playing, but also I wasn't really into live action things. So I wouldn't have really been something I would have been interested in anyway, but my aunt loved this movie so much. <laughs> she probably still loves it, but she, she wore that tape out. <laughs> and uh, yeah, farmer passes out and we don't know if he has survived, but then of course he survives. His work is done because the guy is dead. They got the other guy uh, in holding somewhere. God bless him. <laughs> and uh, they're at some like airport hangar. Rachel's going somewhere on a private plane with her people. Tony got an eye patch. He says, I'm going to miss you, farmer. It's not going to be a thing without you. So he has won over everybody minus... Sai, the publicist. Did you see when Sai grabbed the card with her like winner for best actress? Oh, right? it was weird about it because it is splattered with blood. He's like, "We did it, man!" And then he just like wipes blood all over the card instead of like dampening it. Also, yeah. I would just throw it away and ask for a new card. <laughs> like they can't print you another one. Like, it's like no, I I want this blood soaked card. Thank you. Yeah. Like I was like, we need to we need to investigate him. After we finish investigating everybody else, <laughs> let's turn let's turn our attention to Sai because there's something not right there. Other than that fact that he's money and attention hungry, clearly. Oh, he is saving that card for like when he get fired, he gonna sell that on what becomes eBay. <laughs> yes, the pre-eBay, whatever that used to be. Mm-hmm. He was a yeah, he was definitely a weirdo. And Rachel is like, "Bye, Karma," and doesn't say "I love you," but of course she loves him. And then the plane starts to—I don't know—I guess they start to, you know, do wheels up or whatever. She's like, "Wait." So she runs off the damn plane and she goes and she just lays a big old kiss on him with his little cast or his sling. Uh-huh. They <laughs> kiss. One, one-armed hug. And the wind is blowing and she has on like that airport scarf, you know, like that you, you hear. are about, Like it's a look that you have when you are about to declare your love at the airport. You can't do it these days because of, you know, TSA. Yeah. But back in the day, when you back were about to declare your love, like, I just left my husband for you, or I just left my wife for you. Um, 
okay. I'm about to um, propose to you in the middle of this runway. When you were legally allowed to do that, you would just wrap your hair in a scarf mm-hmm. around your neck. It's a certain look. That's that look that she had. It's very like old Hollywood. I keep thinking like when Bridget Jones was talking about how she liked Grace Kelly in that car and then her scarf flew away and her hair was like, <laughs> <laughs> was this big ass rat's nest. It's, it's very like old Hollywood glam. Mm-hmm. But um, apparently the camera operator, when he was spinning, like, cause they were, I guess they do like this, kind of weird spin around them like the final shot of the making out or whatever and the cameraman fell off the thing while it was going because of the force or whatever like the centrifugal force and then they had to I guess he got back on there and managed to finish the shot but that's the shot they kept in the movie oh he did a good job man shout out to you cameraman you did that you did that because I was like Boo! Because that's like somebody better run off this plane or run on this plane or yeah. something. Y'all better kiss because you can't leave this film like this. And then they did it, and I was like, "Love." <laughs> yes, yes, but they don't stay together because obviously that's not his way. And he goes off and protects some somebody. I don't know who he was protecting. Was it like a bunch of priests or something? It was something. Yeah. <laughs> And I was like, all right, just take a job in your old damn place. And she goes off and sings, uh, I will always love you. And she takes, obviously, from their time at the bar. And, you know, they got the final shot of him watching the crowd. And that's it. That final shot was kind of awkward. But <laughs> that's the end of the film. Yeah. Do we recommend this movie? Um. Yes. Okay. I, okay. First of all, yes, I will recommend it. But first, it is a longer movie. It's probably like a half hour too long. Yeah, um, there was a couple scenes. I was like, we could have, we could have maybe X this out. <laughs> yeah. Um. It it is worth watching for Whitney. Um, oh, absolutely. She's just so charming and charismatic, and you could see that she does have star potential with mm-hmm. the rest of the film roles that she takes, um, which we've talked about, as we mentioned earlier in the episode. Her and <laughs> Kevin Costner, they do have chemistry. Somehow, it's, I don't know how it works, but it works on some level. The yeah. scenes that they do share together, it's something there, it's something brewing, and I don't know how that's going, but it's going. So <laughs> I, I would recommend it. If you yeah. haven't seen it, just watch it. And plus, the soundtrack is awesome. So yeah, I would recommend it. Yeah, I would say definitely for Whitney. I mean, in terms of like romance, like I thought they were going to maybe drag it out longer for when they actually mm-hmm. sleep together. I was kind of surprised that they did it like like literally like an hour in. Um so I was surprised by that and they do have chemistry just like Kevin Costner just isn't my first choice for like hot leading role. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Like I ain't trying to fuck Kevin Costner, but like and it works for whatever we got here. I think it's because they were friends. Like, I feel like they were, it works because of their off screen friendship that works on screen. 
Can I think he called her like the great love of his life or some shit like that? I was like, aren't you married? <laughs> like, oh, shit. I would say yes. I would say watch it. I wouldn't say it's like cinema's greatest, you know, this is going to get you into movies. But it's it's like the night, like it's the 90s, man. Like this is such a big thing of the 90s. So many fucking talent shows ruined by people trying to attempt to sing this song. <laughs> The attempts that were made to sing Whitney Houston in the 90s. God bless. You just mm. need to see it for the to understand the zeitgeist. Yeah. Yeah. And I also feel like it's a film that, even though it was very popular, you mm-hmm. kind of don't hear about it as much as some of her other films, like Waiting to Exhale. No. But they're talking about making a remake. Oh, okay. That's fine. I mean, we gotta, we we gotta, we gotta make sure the chemistry. You just can't, you just can't be any old body. And I don't know who would be the person to make it happen. I mean, the closest thing was this, like we, I think we mentioned this before, was like Beyond the Lights, which yeah, curse content, but <laughs> that's the last bodyguard movie I remember, which isn't bad, but I don't want to give anybody any compliments. <laughs> don't need any compliments. Google, you're great. But yeah. your co-star is awful. So yeah, I guess we are welcoming the Bodyguard remake. They're not going to have a good song like this. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> no. Dead that one. It's not, you're not going to have that. And I was also going to say that they're apparently going to make a sequel to this. Kevin Costner was playing or planning on a sequel um, where he wanted his friend Princess Diana to play in it. And, um, that would have been a little bit too close um, to home, in my personal opinion. Um, but she did not. No, I think she was maybe interested. I don't know if she could act. She did never acted, obviously. But I don't know. But when she got the script, like she had, she passed away like a day later. So oh. that, that was that on that one. I didn't hmm. even know he knew Princess Diana. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know when they would have met, but apparently he he said that he wanted Princess Diana to be in the bodyguard too, the bodyguardian. <laughs> I don't know what the sequel was going to be called. <laughs> it was it was going to be called the bodyguardian. <laughs> Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I thought that was interesting because I was like, that, that's a little bit too close to home. Yeah. As far as women who needed to be protected. Yeah. But someone named Matthew Lopez is writing a remake of the film. I think he wrote a comedy called Red, Right. Sorry, Red, White, and Royal Blue, which is an adaptation of a movie, or sorry, adaptation of a book of a the first son of the United States and his romantic relationship with Prince Henry and British Prince. So I guess okay. whenever, he, whenever he gets around to doing this bodyguard remake, we will see. It'll probably be for oh, he has an overall deal with Amazon Studios. So I'm guessing that he I'm guessing that he will be doing something with them. Oh, okay. I've seen it's a book. I've seen this book. It's popped up a lot. I've seen this book cover, but I thought the movie had already come out. I guess it hasn't yet. Okay. This looks like a Netflix thing, right? Isn't it gonna be Netflix? It's going to be amazon Okay. Well, we'll see about that one. I hope they cast someone good. 
<laughs> Maybe it'll be like a, a bodyguard of like a movie star because they can't get nobody who can sing. Yeah, I would do. Hey, we bodyguarded an actress. <laughs> hey, yes. we bodyguarded a vague royalty. Yeah, maybe the royalty. Oh, no. No, don't do that because I might be in poor taste. Let's not do that. <laughs> I would be like, and then, you know what? I would make it a vague comedy instead of a drama. Well, did you ever see that show on Netflix called Bodyguard? Mm-mm. It was um with Richard Madden and Keely. Oh, my God. I don't remember her name. Sorry, Keely Hawes. And it was like. Richard Madden was our bodyguard, and I guess he was a war veteran, but then he starts doing bodyguard work <laughs> for this politician, and then there was like some sort of weird plot. It got a little bit like anti-Muslim. Didn't really think that had to happen, but it was for the first three episodes, I was like, all right, some shit's happening, and then some shit goes left. <laughs> <laughs> and I think you won like a golden globe for that show. Mm. It's on Netflix right now, but that's the only other bodyguard thing I've seen besides Beyond the Lights. So maybe we're due for some bodyguardian. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Kevin Costner will make an appearance as some the 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 bodyguard's dad. <laughs> He's like, hey, you bought your your client here to my homestead. Come meet everybody. In Wyoming this time. Isn't that yes. Yellowstone? <laughs> mm-hmm. Come meet everybody. So yeah. this is my partner. And this is my other partner. And They're this is my cool. other partner. It's probably cool. Partner. Frank finally got the life that he deserved. A nice little quiet life juggling several people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he needs a, no, he doesn't need a polycule. He just needs uh, him and his dog and the wide open spaces we built this from the ground up yeah yeah i hope he's happy up there somewhere wherever the hell he is <laughs> uh if you would like to contact us about this episode any questions comments concerns um you can email us at blackgirlfilmclub at gmail.com you can hit us up on twitter um for the time being at Club. Instagram, Black Girl Film Club, uh, like, rate, subscribe on the podcast platform of your choice, but specifically pod, uh, Spotify, Apple, SoundCloud. Do we know what we're going to do for our next episode? We have some fun things planned, but I don't even yes. know if we have an actual theme for April. Sorry, not for April, for May. <laughs> By the time yes. it comes out, this will be May. Oh my gosh. And we are creeping up on our 100th episode. I'm nervous, excited, scared. Yes. Happy, hungry. Yes. <laughs> All the things. So it should be we're, interesting. We're still kicking around some ideas, um, but they'll come together really soon. Yeah, it's going to be exciting. I can't wait. Um, we're going to probably think of. We're gonna brainstorm. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna see because Brittany's already being resistant, and I have some ideas. <laughs> I have some ideas. Um, so I guess if that's everything, we should say goodbye. Go watch the Bodyguards on HBO Max if you can find um, mahogany anywhere. Um, you can watch it among Dr. Sebi documentaries. <laughs> um, <laughs> if you can find them. 
the channel we found was very sus, but thank you, random anonymous person online that uploaded yes. Mahogany, because it was going to be a different... You can't even rent it, I don't think. Yeah, it was hard. It was yeah, it's kind it. of... I was like, what the hell? So, yeah, if you don't have Mahogany in your collection, please go find it online or find it at your local library, because libraries hold the bitch down. Mm-hmm. Shout out to your local library. Uh, and with that, we're going to go. Bye, guys. Bye.